What is up, you guys, and welcome back to episode 45 of the Lombard Trucking Show. At time of recording, I'm coming at you live from the Ramada Inn in Hagerstown, Maryland. So, uh, last I checked in uh, when I was with Sarah Stogner, I was on my way to make a delivery in Hagerstown. Delivery was made successful. Uh, and then I was supposed to go to the Port of Baltimore and pick up uh, another load that was set to go back to Iowa. Uh, unfortunately, there were my truck had different plans for me. And what ended up happening was when I went to go print out the bill of lading at a truck stop in Hagerstown, white smoke started coming from my engine. And unfortunately, um, I made the correct business decision to take it to the dealership because anything engine related, you don't really want truck stops looking at it. You more so want, you know, a dealership, especially when you have something like a warranty. Uh, long story short, we found out it is the head of the air compressor. Uh, shouldn't be too crazy of a fix. Uh, I'm, at time of recording, it is a Friday. Uh, it's Monday when you're listening to this and, uh, Lord willing, I'll be out of here by that time on Monday, but I'll keep you posted as always follow along on ins- uh, with my story on Instagram and TikTok where I'm regularly posting. But without any further delay, if you remember from a few episodes ago, I interviewed a freight broker, Reed Lassalot. Now, afterwards, we've kept in touch uh, on a Discord server as well as Twitter. And in there are some other drivers, people who work in the industry, tech professionals, um, people who work in warehousing, and we've all kind of just been brainstorming in there. And that's where I meet, met my guest today, uh, Mr. Josh Rothstein. He was asking me questions about the truck parking issue. He has an idea uh, with a friend of his where he's looking to help help us out head on. And I said, hey, man, let, I want you to come on the show and let's talk about it. So without further ado, Mr. Josh Rothstein, welcome to the Lombard Trucking Show, sir. Uh, thank you, Mike. Appreciate the intro. Yeah, no, man, of course. Yeah, glad you're here. Glad you wanted to be here. And glad uh, this is like we talked about in the Discord. It's uh, next to driver pay. I'd say it's the most important thing going on in the industry, especially because it's the it, when it's it's at the top of the list of the actually the easiest to solve if people could just start listening. And that's and as I talked about with my friend Justin Martin a few episodes ago, we just need to keep talking about it. And that's why I'm glad that you're here. But before we get into all that those details, you know, tell the listeners you know, who's Josh Rothstein. Where are you from, man? What's your story? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm here in Los Angeles. This is actually where I was born and raised. Um, I've been living here almost almost 40 years. I, I spent some time in Chicago. Uh, I went to college out there, spent a little time afterwards uh, working actually uh, at Northrop Grumman doing defense contracting. And uh, my story kind of goes back to uh, I was a computer kid, uh, also also a skater, um, kind of like the, the, the early millennial that, uh, you know, we kind of see on, on TikTok these days. And uh, I went to school actually for computer engineering. So... Uh, I got into coding and building electronics. So I was working for North for Northrop. We were doing laser guided bombs. It was actually uh, some some pretty crazy work, um, but it didn't really. That wasn't really the sort of thing that that I guess caught my uh, that really really got me excited. Um, definitely wanted to do things that were helping people more than destroying things. So I. Uh, <laughs> 
came back to, came back to LA and and uh, started uh, building electronics, a lot of stuff that had to do with video and video distribution and uh, sensors, the things for aircrafts and fluid flow. And um, after doing that for a little while, my, my career took an interesting turn. Um, I decided that it would be really fun to try some sales. And I wish I knew about uh, freight brokering at the time, but you know, being here in LA, we have very little exposure to the, the world of logistics and trucking, which, you know, most of the country has, you know, if you almost anywhere else, you know, somebody that either drives a truck, brokers freight, works at a warehouse, et cetera. Um, but I uh, got into tech recruiting, which is uh, actually fairly similar in the sense where you're working with companies, you're working with candidates, there's job boards instead of load boards. Um, you know, you're, you're negotiating and, and pitching roles and uh and placing people so that was uh that was some some pretty interesting experience i got to meet a lot of tech companies around town and um ended up going to work with a buddy that had just started a travel tech company so he had a consumer travel product called wherefore which was where do you want to go for how much so you could just put in your location and your budget and some travel dates and it would spit back at you all these places around the globe where uh, you could you could get a flight and a hotel within your budget. So it was a it was a pretty cool travel app. And Walmart had caught wind of this from a, a TechCrunch article of basically promoting the app after it was after it got you know some notice at South by Southwest the the tech festival there. So uh, Walmart, uh, one of the the, the, the global head of travel uh, found a very cool trip for her family to go to Europe and thought that the AI and the approach to travel was extremely cool and would do wonders for all of the travel booking that they do at Walmart. So Walmart has a huge presence in 28 different countries and they do hundreds of millions of dollars in travel spend, booking thousands and thousands of trips for all of their employees across the whole company from corporate to uh, to, you know, to store employees, to warehouse employees. And um, we built that company. It was a very cool experience doing the, the tech startup sort of experiment. I was a product manager there and um, really learned how to basically work between users in need and development teams. So got some some interesting skills and uh, we were able to actually sell the company. It was bought during COVID um, basically for its front end. Uh, it was it was a very like sexy platform. It was really, really smooth, and nice to use. So a, uh, a company out of Australia called Flight Center Travel Group uh, purchased basically the software and now is using it for their front end for all of their global travel program. So I went on after that to give my uh, give give it another shot at some other tech companies, some other startups rather, and um, have essentially found my way to this uh, exploring this truck parking problem. So uh, kind of leading into to where we're at with that. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if you have any questions, Mike, before I, I get into what we're doing now. Yeah, I just want to say that that's really cool. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that they're making movies about. You know, the the kid. You know, the the you know the group of kids who you know out of out of their own garage they end up coming with this thing, and then Walmart comes in and 
you know, pushes it along and then boom, you get bought out. I mean, that's like, it's kind of a little bit the American dream. That's what, I mean, there's, there's truckers who do that. There's guys who build, get their own MC. They turn into a 20, 30 truck fleet and then um, they get a couple contracts and then a big carrier will come along and Hey, Hey man, I'll buy out your MC for millions of dollars. And so it's, it's cool to, it's cool to actually talk to somebody you know, uh, in, you know, even though we're not in person, it's awesome to talk to somebody who's kind of lived that. And that's an awesome story because I think, you know, you know, you obviously know from, if you listen to other episodes and from on the discord, you know, that I, uh, you know, I want to nuke AI, but when it comes you know, we're far past that AI is coming, whether we like it or not, but man, is that such a place where AI could be used for making your travel as opposed and where it does, and it almost doesn't eliminate, you still need the travel agent with it because, you know, you, even though you get it, you, you know, it doesn't eliminate like hundreds of millions of jobs. I think it's a, that's a really cool, uh, you know, piece, uh, piece of software you were working with, but that's awesome. But it, you know, it led you up to, you know, truck parking. So where did, so, you know, where did you learn about truck parking being an issue? Yeah. How did, how did you get there? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, a good, my good buddy and brother-in-law has been an industrial real estate developer here in SoCal for uh, over 10 years. First, he was a broker in the Inland Empire, and, uh, and then he moved into development and has been building warehouses out there, yeah, for the last 10 years. Um, these are, you know, huge tilt-up warehouses. I'm sure a lot of guys that, that watch this podcast have probably been over in that area, um, to, you know, to, to drop off loads, essentially. So um, basically, he's had this idea for uh, quite some time, because when he would go out to his development sites, there would be other warehouses, Amazon warehouses that had trucks coming and going, and they were pouring out into the street. They basically had nowhere to park. Um, I'm sure I'm sure people in Southern California are very familiar with the issues. And he was like, hey, like, it would be great if these guys could just park on, on my property, we've got it, you know, we're developed, it's secure. Uh, it'd be awesome if there was, you know, some way to let them know that they could, they could park their trucks here. And um, one of the challenges, obviously, in these areas, especially in Southern California, is getting the zoning to build outdoors, industrial outdoor storage sites. So the idea where it could be temporary, you know, kind of gets around that limitation. So he'd been talking to me a while. Oh, we should, you know, we should look into doing like the Airbnb of truck parking, essentially. And um, the manifest conference was coming up. I just got back last week from that. And we, we said, hey, let's let's go check this conference out. Let's throw, you know, a little website together. Let's let's get our, our business plan together and um, let's get out there and see and learn about what the opportunities are in this space. And now what is the, for the listeners out there, what is the Manifest Conference, you know, for anybody who doesn't know? Because I don't really know either. Oh, the Manifest Conference is the largest logistics conference, annual conference in Vegas every year. And they bring in people from all across the industry, from big, uh, you know, from the largest shippers to large brokerages, to a ton of tech companies. This conference was one of the coolest things I've ever been to. I went to CES once and, you know, that's supposed to be basically the future of consumer electronics 
And essentially all I saw there were just screens, 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 like pretty much the whole convention center was dominated with, uh, you know, at the time, the LED, it was at the time it was like plasma moving into, you know, LED and 3D was big at the time. So they, they had a lot of like cool 3D screens, but that was really it. And it, it didn't really feel like the future. But the manifest conference, when I got there, it was incredible. There was EVs. There were like electronic vehicle trucks that, you, you know, aren't on the road today, but that are coming. Tons of robots for, you know, you know for warehouses. Um, there was all this crazy software to basically optimize processes at the ports, um, at the, you know, the entry points at the warehouse, and of course, load boards and everything to do with, you know, trucking and, and shipping and in between. So it was very cool to kind of see every, every major and small player all in one room. It was, it, was a it, it sounds like there's some, there's some possible heroes there and some possible enemies oh, for, for the, sure. for the trucking industry, because I I've actually talked to a friend of mine about this. And when it comes to what you said about the ports and even warehouses, because there's a lot of issues when it comes to paperwork and inventory and in a lot of ways there's a blockchain technology could be something that would really really help um help the issues at ports where through through sensors and ai being able to read and know the exact inventory and where it comes from almost like putting all of the if you put all the bols the bill of ladings on onto blockchains and so that way or even when a truck is back to the dock and as the product is coming off of the of the truck through the blockchain, it's it's recording what's what's coming in, and it could help. And I've because I've had these conversations with people because issues there's a lot of issues with wait times at these ports and wait mm -hmm. times at shippers and receivers. So no, that sounds like a cool conference. I might have to, you know, one if if I can find the time, I might have to um, go in there, go that go down there incognito or something next. Yeah, time. I mean, <laughs> I recommend some, it. Yeah, there's, go do some recon. Definitely some blockchain guys there, you know, like like you were saying, they call that uh, provenance where you can see where the load started and every hand it touched along the way, essentially, mm -hmm. and be able to, to track all of that. Um, some other cool things were uh, software that helps people in doing fulfillment inside of warehouses to be able to, like, have the, the, the most optimal path through the warehouse to pick to pick goods off the shelves and to package them, um, you know, using a tablet saying, go here, up, look up there. And what was interesting is, is that they use the machine learning technology that if you ever see on YouTube, those guys that play like Mario Brothers one perfectly, like you couldn't, oh, have you, I don't know, I mean, yeah, those videos are so, uh, they, they, they're, they, they'll, they'll give me stricken with anxiety with the spinning <laughs> flame and stuff. Yeah. You see it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, is that a real person? Like, how are they so good? You know, the, the AI somehow figures out like the exact perfect path through all the levels. So that they're taking that tech and applying it to how to navigate, uh, you know, how to navigate a fulfillment center essentially to be able to make it so you can take the minimum amount of steps. Um, you know, so that there's just a lot of a lot of just futuristic things going on and uh, everyone everyone's there to kind of show and tell. So you get to, like, see everything. Um, one thing that was interesting is that uh, I guess what Freight Waves has sonar where you can kind of get the spot, you know, the spot market like it's like a 
basically like a stock ticker, essentially. I don't know if you've ever taken a look, but the, there were guys out there that, that were claiming and showed me their platform that had a, they said it was a far more accurate way of getting like real time uh, spot rate information so that you can, you know, negotiate better with, with as a broker, with your shippers and, and your carriers. Um, there's just everything, everything was going on. That I'm interested in. And I'm interested in hearing about that because I want to get whoever they are in touch with my friends at Truck Smarter because that is that right there. I mean, because basically those kinds of trends are, <clears throat> I mean, there's a lot of, that's a, that'd be a powerful tool for the, for the motor carrier, for drivers. It'd be a powerful tool. That's really interesting. Glad you shared that. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, there was just a tremendous amount of technology that, you know, probably won't really be on the ground or adopted for, you know, at least five more years. So you're really getting to see the future when you go to that conference. So if you yeah. can. It sounds, it's, it's, it honestly sounds pretty cool. And what I can appreciate about it, and as much as I have gone off on terrains, you know, against um, big tech on, you know, on my show and stuff, what I can appreciate about it and about conferences that, what conferences like that is that, you know, I got to You got to give the credit where it's due. And I like the, these people, you know, I like that they're, they're so their ingenuity, um, you know, what the, their creativity, what they're trying to do, the ideas, it, it's kind of shows a little bit of, you know, America's muscle in a, in a different way, you know, where instead of being this big industrial powerhouse, you know, we still have big brains here who, you know, seem to at first at face value do want to do something good and create this awesome technology that's never been done before, which is actually, you know, something worth revering, like to, to have, you know, to have a group of people who are trying to do stuff that's never, ever happened uh, on earth ever uh, is that is, uh, is still actually pretty remarkable, whether or not it comes leads to, you know, Armageddon or the loss of millions of jobs, <laughs> you know, you never know, but that's, that's really cool. That's, and you kind of just went there, you and your business partner, went mm -hmm. there as um, just just gathering information yourselves. You didn't have a booth set up. You just went to go find out info to help you guys out. So what, you know, what did you learn when you were there? What did you take back? And, you know, what, what, you know, what phase of, you know, what phase are you in on developing what it, what it is you guys want to do, which is called Drop Lots, right? That's the name you're going with? Yeah, droplot.ai. Uh, is the name is you know that's that's our that's our our name for now and and could very well be be the name we go to market with. Um, we really just got serious with this idea when we saw the conference coming up. Uh, it seemed like an opportunity to actually be able to to learn about this because it's a little hard when you're coming from out the you know outside of the industry to know who to talk to. So when when I touched down there. Um, you know, started speaking to guys that had apps that, that had apps in the hands of truckers. And what I learned is, is, is that it's an extremely fragmented market. There are a lot of people out there that are trying to get their app in the hands of a, of a driver and mm -hmm. drivers are kind of inundated and they're pretty sick of it. So, um, I don't know if you experienced that yourself. Where it's I've, like I've, I've talked to guys because this is what Uber, that's how Uber Freight like tried to get in the market when they did. And Uber Freight is, is a load board. They're not, their tech is really good, but they're just not the best load board. Um, like the, the tech behind their app, like how they kind of how they have detention set up and everything like that and being able to track the location of your truck. But like Uber Freight basically just showed up on the scene 
um, at like places like the mid America trucking show. And they were just like in driver's faces, like you need to do this. You need to do this. And luckily, you know, it worked, but I could, but what you were saying, yeah, drivers, a lot of drivers are getting sick of, um, people always wanting their attention. Yes. So we learned that a strategy of trying to build a marketplace app where we would get our front end in the hands of drivers is probably a pretty tall order. So we started to then look at ourselves more like a distribution hub of where we would really just, our interface would be an API. So we could fill our inventory with, you know, with spaces very much like you might see on, uh, I guess on trucker path and, uh, we would be able to have existing apps that are already serving drivers, uh, pull content from our, you know, digital distribution hub and offer it on their app for real-time booking. So that seems to be a much more plausible go-to-market strategy rather than actually trying to build a, a market, market, a marketplace would be more just this technology, a distribution hub. That's just the tech where other existing apps could pull from. So, We'd want to make those partnerships where uh, apps that folks are already using. I think when we spoke earlier, you said that you that you use Trucker uh, Path to find out what might be available, what be what might be around, and um, they, you know, then they would be able to pull in our spaces as well. So it would kind of be a way to not replace existing um, outlets, but just add to them and. What we're trying to figure out now is what is the actual kind of on the spot demand for parking? Um, do people want to do uh, more monthly leasing? Do they, uh, you know, will they pay more for a single spot? Uh, I think we, we spoke a little bit in that Discord, in the Discord, which I recommend anybody that watches this program to come join the Lost Freight Discord. It's so many, you know, interesting people in the space are in there. Yeah, hop hop in if you if you're into freight, into tech, a driver working a warehouse. Yeah, hop in because we're all just it's all just young people brainstorming. It's basically our own little manifest conference in there. It's it's cool. Yeah, it really is. And um, so so you know we're trying to really understand what the demand is. You know, um, it seems like the supply is actually there if we could connect it. But but what is the demand? So. What we've been looking at is actually, so leaving the conference, what we've been looking at is kind of this new, in industrial real estate development, there is now this growing uh, area of industrial outside storage, as they call it. And all the big dogs, the big funds that, you know, that buy and, uh, and develop these, these parcels of land are starting to build basically truck parking and container storage and as well as truck stops that might be on, on the property as well. And then leasing them out to, I guess, large, you know, large distributors that would be able to use those, those locations as long-term parking. So where we're kind of thinking is, is that rather maybe than being the Airbnb of truck parking, we might be better going in the direction of the uh, we work of truck parking so that you would be able to get longer term, uh, longer term spaces, you know, month to month 
or I, I think that's pretty that's pretty popular in the industry in the industry is month to month. I think people people want you know those kinds of terms as we're kind of learning. And uh, you know, for both truck parking and container storage. So having you here as a driver, this is a great opportunity to get feedback from you about you know what what you think the the demand is from you know the the, the single night spot to the monthly spot. Um, you know what what would help you the most essentially? Um, you know what are you, what are your needs there? So like and I'm looking at this and what I need to do is actually look at it from say I'm the owner of a five truck motor carrier. And I have a certain lane. So say I'm taking freight from Vegas to LA or something mm-hmm. and I'm taking, or Vegas to Ontario, you know, cause that's where some of those warehouses might be in Ontario. And I know that my truck, my guys are getting hours violations. My, I know that my guys are breaking their clock using PT failing PC failing DOT inspections because of the PC on their clock and they can't find parking. Um, if I'm the owner of a medium sized carrier, this is, and I have dedicated contracts and I have like contracted freight. This is actually an awesome, this would be an awesome perk uh, for somebody like that, especially in, even if I'm just a one truck owner operator, like I am now, just a one guy, if I, if I operate major metropolitan areas or near these warehouses, because here's the thing, even outside of a major metro area, even a place like, you know, for example, Washington Courthouse, Ohio, Um, you know, I just use that because there's a big Walmart DC there and there's, you know, and there's, there's truck stops there and you can find some truck parking, but there's long wait times there. And so what, what people for the majority are going to run in with there is they're going to have a 2 a.m. delivery. Um, they're, it's going to, they're going to get unloaded. It'll, they'll be unloaded in an hour. They're out of there at 3 a.m. And they're going to go to park and there's no spots, but if they work for a carrier, even as a company driver, like so say they work for Schneider and um, they're a company driver and you and and you have a relationship with Schneider at this point uh, to where Schneider pays you for this access to the to this truck parking and a company driver knows they could do that like you're talk that's the thing you're you're talking about having good luck with with small to even larger carriers if if you can be so connected in this into that type of uh, into that type of thing but at the same time, you're talking long-term parking. I know a girl, uh, she's on our Truck Smarter Discord. She's an owner-operator out in Los Angeles, and she's gotten tickets um, while being in her truck, like on the side of the road. And it's like, what's crazy, it's funny how you mentioned in Los Angeles, you never really had a connection to freight earlier because when you think of LA, nobody thinks of freight. You think of movie stars, uh, basketball, uh, all that stuff when really you have a, a huge major port at the port of Long Beach and stuff. There's so much freight. The economy of freight that moves in and out of there is so crazy that um, this is something that would like could save, especially with containers, because the container guys are the ones who are causing so much traffic. Um, so in a lot of ways, there's there's definitely a huge benefit from even the single uh, owner operator up to the bigger carriers, but in that month, in that monthly thing. So that girl, I know she pays to keep her truck somewhere for a month. She pays like 150 or 200 bucks a month um, to keep her truck somewhere because she can't park at her house and she doesn't live in a place that will legally allow it. And, uh, but I, cause I can tell you this problem is happening even in Austin. Recently there was an article and I'm trying to get in contact with the reporter who reported on it, but 
Austin has all these new warehouses going up. And when it comes to truck parking between Gerald and San, and San Marcos, based in San Marcos and New Brunfels, there's a huge gap where the truck parking is just absolutely nothing. There's one pilot off the toll road near where the new Tesla is, and it's super small. And there's trucks now that are parking on these county roads on large shoulders, and now residents are starting to complain. And what Austin doesn't realize is their economy's exploded and doubled, tripled in the past five years. And what people aren't realizing is the trucks come with it. So if this, if what you had entered right now into the market, um, there, there, there's definitely, uh, there would definitely be, there's a demand for what you have right now, especially because the land is there, and the, because you're selling, you're saying that the people, people already own this land, right? Correct. So if the land is already owned and nobody's doing anything with it, um, and especially for trailer storage, I know there's a there, when I worked for Pam. There was a right off right off the toll road. There was a guy who owned um, he owned this big piece of property that had like a barn on it, and he did like welding. It was like a garage, and then you drove in, and the barn was on the right, and then they had a bunch of broken down trucks on the left. But then you kept going, and behind this tree line, he had this huge lot with like a hundred trailers with uh, from Schneider, Pam, Werner, all these big companies, and he just. And that land, those companies just pay him for trailer storage. But if I need, but if say I didn't live, say I didn't live in Austin and I was just a driver dropping and hooking trailers, that driver, if need be, can do his 10 hour break there. So like, so it, this, this kind of thing is already happening, but on a local or small scale, like Pam had to go out and find that guy somehow, you know, whereas, whereas really Pam just knows, oh, we could talk to the guys at Drop Lots or, oh, um, this brokerage or this company works with Drop Lots. So they'll go through you instead of having to try to find these property owners. Exactly. Yeah. That, it's I know that's making it more accessible yeah, and, yeah. and connecting the uh, exactly connecting the, the people that with, with spot inventory to to folks that need it. Um, and with technology, these longer term these drivers or brokers with longer term needs might fill you could could fill 60 to 70 percent of our you know of our bookings essentially and then 20 or 30 percent could be or 30 or 40 percent could be uh you know guys like yourself that don't want to get a ticket when they're in ontario because it's just tech right so so the offering could be really flexible like that um and and you know the the idea with with the ai is is the dynamic pricing so that uh you know when demand is low the, the price could be lower when demand is higher the price could be higher it's really you know that's that's something that we just need to understand understand with the market if that's even something that would help folks or or just make more trouble essentially but you, you know uh it is very cool to hear about just you know yourself within your own network of, of people already doing this but not having the technology to make it easy for them yeah and and that's and what's what stinks is is and i'm trying to figure out how to put this in a in a words it's just it, what you said how you know would it help or or hurt the industry you know or would it help or hurt guys and because in some ways I, I mean, it could hurt because of the guys who don't access this technology. And it would just be the matter of trying to, once again, like you said, almost like not so much force it, but 
once a word of mouth like that comes on, um, like once the word of mouth about it was to get out there, I mean, you never know. Some people would be turned off because it's a money thing. They don't want to pay for parking. Uh, but it really, I just, when it comes to the major metropolitan areas, um, there's, there's just, there's an absolute need for this. Like w w without a doubt in my mind, when it comes to on a national scale, like even, you know, in, you know, in more rural places, I don't know, but in major metropolitan areas, I could tell you that right now that, you know, what you got is, is very, would, you know, there's a, there's a Walmart out there looking for, you know, list looking for whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, definitely, definitely the feedback has been, has been amazing. So mm -hmm. we're, we're definitely, we, we are, we're very motivated to, you know, keep, yeah, to keep pursuing this and see, see where this could go essentially. Um, you know, I'm learning a lot just, just on this, uh, just on this podcast from you. So it's, it's pretty exciting from, from my position here. No. Yeah. I appreciate it. Like I said, if you, if, if you ever have any questions, you know, you feel, you can, you know, feel free to pop them in. Like I said, we're just, we're just going off the cuff here. I'm interested in learning about this because, you know, there is a little bit of disconnect between drivers in the tech world. And, you know, some of that has to do with them thinking that tech is, you know, coming coming for the jobs, but then you talk to some tech guys and they're just like, we're not trying to eliminate you yet. But, you know, like they always say, like, they're like, we want to make motor carriers and drivers jobs better. We want to make your jobs better. And I, and, and that's it. And cause that's what I hear from a lot of tech people. They're like, we want to make it better. And it's like, well, I guess if we can find a way to meet in the middle and just coming from a parking perspective, anybody who wants to jump in here and help with the parking issue, um, is going to ears are going to start perking up because like I said, it's, it's, it's an, it's a nationwide problem. And it's something that, because people can argue about pay all day. Some, some people are going to be like, well, I want to be paid by the mile, or I don't want to be in a union, or I don't want this. Or, I don't want like, everybody's going to have, it's a very, um, you know, subjective, uh, type way of thing, but parking, everybody agrees. Like drivers should have a safe place to park. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, you yeah, know, in, and whether or not and whether or not it comes to a certain cost or what have you. But um, kind of kind of moving on from that. So where are you guys at? What's your day to day like right now? You just are you doing any coding? Are you just are you working, working the grind? What's you know, what's the next move? Yeah. So this is still this is still a, a part time project. We, we haven't quite you know, we're, we're trying to get the pieces put together. Um, so it's it's a lot of email reach outs. It's a lot of conversations. It's a lot of evolving and uh speed there's, there's a lot of different people to speak to there's there's vcs to kind of get an idea of what you know they would be interested in investing in um there's the actual customers and in this case the two sides the the, the drivers and the uh the the lot owners um for for orbis real estate partners that's my my partner's development firm um, you know, they're, they're getting into actually building these drop lots. So the play might be to, to build some of these drop lots and operate it and be our first customers ourselves on, on the platform. Uh, you know, you were mentioning earlier about the technology coming in to, to help folks. And it's an example of some, uh, you know, AI that actually would be helping guys instead of taking their taking their jobs is is that 
what I saw at the conference was is that there is a there is a group that is developing basically fully autonomous truck parking lots and, and drop lots so that you would be able to pull up with your truck at a gate and they would be able to use machine vision to re- to read your your license plate and your dot number and uh, you know there are a few other numbers on the on the side of your truck the trailer number and if you know if you're in the system it would just open up the open up the gate you'd be able to get to your your parking spot and you wouldn't have to you know pull out your do any sort of billing and it would just you know bill your account you could sign up with the an app you know on the spot if you wanted to and being able to have a non autonomous control of these lots allows you to put lots in places where you might not otherwise been able to because you have to staff it and that can be that can be challenging um, to you know to find folks to operate to operate these lots 24 7. so you know while that might be uh, allowing for more lots and potentially eliminating a few uh, jobs on, on the lot it does open up spots for you know, hundreds, if not thousands of drivers. So it's kind of like one of these things where it's, it's like two steps back and, and, and five steps forward. Yeah, no, I, well, I can tell you right there. I mean, having that, that's a good thing because when it comes to staffing those lots, you're right. I mean, nobody wants those jobs, you know, they're paying those people $10 an hour to, uh, you know, you know, basically be that, you know, and to be there for at night and all that stuff. Like, or you got to hire the security company and and because that's the thing, like, why would you want to own a lot? And then you've got to pay the security company thousands of dollars a month so that they can staff it. So you're contracting the security out. Yeah. That would, that would be a, you know, that probably deters people from wanting to open truck parking is the idea of having to staff it or needing or needing certain or the you know, needing certain things, whatever the state or whatever the regulations are probably stops people from doing that and if technology can help make parking better than that i mean you, you know you're going to find that everybody's all for it on this on this side of the fence yeah absolutely and and there's opportunities um caltrans has some grants for people that are uh you know building technology in this space which makes it more attractive to kind of go into the market as well um it definitely seems like there are a lot of people trying to do good here for sure no that's good man i'm I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm rooting for it. Um, just even thinking about going to the port of Baltimore, um, because, and and I had a lot of conversations about this because it was my first time going to the port of Baltimore and I was thinking about, okay, where, where am I going to park before I get there? Because, uh, you can't, I couldn't enter until like 8am. I don't think the gate opens until 8am or whatever. You can get there at seven 30 regardless. Um, but going up, but leading up on I-70, I was like, crap, where am I going to park? Because it was getting kind of late. And I ended up actually staying at a, a, a way station where when it's closed, it's truck parking. And I was talking to a bunch of drivers with TMC. And I was asking them about parking around Baltimore. I was like, well, I'm going to get in there tomorrow. I got to deliver and then I'm going to get reloaded. So, I mean, I'm probably going to try to park as soon as I leave because, you know, my 14-hour clock will be ticking and, and the guys were saying, they're like, yeah, man, you, uh, you're going to need to figure something out. Cause he talked to me, they, I, I heard about parking around Baltimore. It's atrocious. The, the TA is horrible. Um, the, and so luckily I found out that the carrier I drive for Warren owns 
um, they have a small yard. It's not small because, you know, there's some several drivers could park there if they needed to, but they also have a shower there and like a TV or whatever. And I found that out and I was like, oh, then I'm going straight there. And it's like, but if I didn't have that, I would have either had to gone out, out of route somehow or had an hours violation just to get, just to get out of, because I would have had to sit in traffic. I would have ran out of time. And then I would have had to drive at least 60 to 80 miles outside of Baltimore to find something to park. But the thing is there's pro- there's real estate, there's yards because there's a lot of containers that come in out of Baltimore. And so there's gotta be some sort of storage. And if, if there was a drop lots feature on that Warren, my carrier had access to, or say I worked for Schneider and that, and like, so that way Schneider can just shoot on the Qualcomm. Oh, you can go to these three parking lots. Yeah, you know, and if you're a company driver, you know, it's this, or if you're a leased on operator, Oh, it's 10, 15, 20 bucks for the night. That would be the stress. It would relieve from this, from the situation. Cause we talked about this offline. Like there are people who are qu- quitting this job because of parking. It's too stressful and it falls back on the ELDs and the electronic logs, but it's just not having a toilet at the end of, at the end of, you know, a long day drive. Like people, people just rage quit. They're out because of it. It's wild. So this is awesome, man. I I really like where you're going. Uh, I know it's, it's part time, you know, it's clearly hasn't taken over the full-time gig yet, but moving in the right direction, man. And, uh, but yeah. Yeah, very, very much so. Yeah, it's actually interesting that that you mentioned the ELDs. Um, you know, when when you're doing these these startup plays, essentially, they ask you why now. Like, why is this going to take off now? You know, why is there a need now versus before? And that actually, the ELD seems to be a major part of the issue. Is is that prior to being able to you, you know, enforce the the rules, essentially, drivers cut a lot of corners to be able to get places to park. And now they can't do that. They literally need to to get to pull over, essentially. And it, it, the implementation of ELDs has really created, it seems like, the, the need, the urgent need for this. Um, you know, you could cor- correct me if, if I'm, I'm wrong there. But oh, uh, no, that, that's exactly what ELDs did, because I remember. So even though I haven't been a, you know, a driver for, you know, uh, you know, my entire life or anything, you know, I've only been an owner operator for a year and I've only been, you know, driving since 2020. Like I said, I come from a, you know, my family used to own a trucking company. I used to work for a supplier. I used to book trucks all the time. I've been close to, to the industry. Um, I, before 2017, you never heard about truck parking in the news. I remember when the ELD mandate happened. Um, I remember coming through. I remember seeing it on the news. And that was like the first thing that people were talking about was because the, the hours of service have always been the same. You drive 11 hours a day in a 14-hour window. Like the hours of service were always the same. But it's like, yeah, you you, you cheated a little bit. I mean, it's how the industry worked for such a long time and then and that's the thing like all of a sudden so like so okay say you drive for 10 and a half hours it's like oh you go to park ah this truck stops full so you keep going 10 miles down the road but with the eld that 10 miles down the road just puts you over your 11 you're an hours violation and you basically got eight days to hopefully not get caught by dot or else you pay a fine and all this stuff and so i guess you know with the implementation of bad tech 
it is opening the door for some good technology to come in and hopefully, you know, help guys out. And, you know, luckily we got guys like you out there who seem to have a good heart in this and really, and want to, and want to help the issue rather than hurt it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating from, you know, from a newcomer's perspective to just be learning about all this. Yeah. And that's, that's another remarkable thing uh, is the fact that like you have no attachments to the freight industry, but you, you, you just, you know, you, you saw it, it popped up and now you're like, Oh my God, you know, and clearly, I mean, Look, none of us work for free, you know, uh, but, you know, obviously you probably like working in tech, but, you know, if you didn't get any money for it, you know, would, would you be, would you, lo- would you really love it, so to speak? So obviously there's some monetary, you know, reasons behind what you're doing, but at the end of the day, like, there's definitely what, you know, why the trucking industry, it's so heavily, like, you don't have, you don't have to come into this side of things. Like, it's such a, it's such a hard market. It's, you know, it's dealing with truck drivers is tough. Like, you know, you had success in that last travel thing. You really don't have to be here, but you're choosing to. And which, which says a lot about, you know, the type of character, you know, the person you are, you know, coming onto the freight scene, wanting to do a good thing like that, because, you know, even though you do want to get a payday for it, you still, you could find it. I'm telling you, you could find it probably easier, faster somewhere else. Oh yeah, I appreciate it. It's definitely the the the, the logistics and, and and freight industry is it's awesome. I mean, there's guys like yourself with the, with podcasts. Um, you know, there's memes for brokers. That's like a whole huge community. Um, pretty much, you know, people love their trucks. Uh, it's it's really cool. There's there's communities and within communities, um, it's really really unique industry, and it's been very exciting. Just you know, the last few weeks and last month or so, just, you know, getting, getting my feet wet. Yeah, man. It's, it's something I've talked about this with my, uh, you know, with my, my friend Gord, who I've had on before. I I mentioned him a lot. Great guy, by the way, he's got a, he's got a podcast called the voice of Gord, by the way, I need to shout it out. So you, Josh, whenever you have time, go check it out. He's a really funny guy. He's been having a lot of great, amazing guests with cool stories on you. There's a, he has a wealth of information on there that'll probably help you out with your development. But, uh, I mean, him and I, I talked, I was talking to him recently. I was talking to my other friend, Matt Kilmer from the NADRA and like, there's this big, you know, gap, there's a gap in, in, uh, you know, my heart and my life from getting out of the military when I wish I had saw that career through and trucking and this industry has like repurposed me. Like I feel repurposed, um, not just in the job professionally, but the activism in it and that these kinds of connections, meeting guys like you and read and talking to people from, California and talking to people from like, you know, all these different places, like this is like, you know, feeding that, you know, human purpose, you know, that I want to have in life. And yeah, it's, that's what it does for some people, man. And you know, you're, you're in it now and we're glad to have you. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's very cool for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, man, what, uh, any, anything else, any questions you got for me, anything else you want to, you want to spit out there? Oh man, we we've we've done it. We we've covered a yeah, we've covered a lot. Um, trying to you know the trying to think what uh, you know, just uh, a lot of the stuff I've learned. A lot of stuff I've learned from you. Um, just some interesting facts, like when uh, when drivers are looking for for places that are safe. I think I think it was you that said that you know crime, of course, is an issue, but things that that guys really care about are not being on the shoulder where they're going to get hit by cars coming off the on-ramp 
or not being somewhere where the, the cops are going to come by and give me a huge ticket. Um, you know, and so safety actually is, is just a, it has a much larger scope than just, you know, a place where you can, you can park and, and, and actually just get some rest without having to worry about, you know, some, some crazy meth head or whatever's out there, you know, coming and getting you in the middle of the night. So, well, yeah, which did, which did happen to me when I was at the Flying J in Indianapolis, which I paid for that spot too. And <laughs> all of a all of a sudden, like this guy was going every other truck banging on doors and well lit parking lot too. And then the flying Jays like, Oh yeah, we, we know who that guy is. But no, I, at, at the end of the day, yeah, what you're, what you're getting yourself involved in. And when it comes to the truck parking issue for anybody out there listening or watching um, it's at the, you know, would take everything else we said out of this. It's down, down to the dirty of it. Truck parking is a safety issue for more than just drivers, but for other people out there. I mean, there are people, when I was at orientation at Warren, they talked about a Warren driver who was actually in the breakdown lane um, on the shoulder of a highway. And a woman was with her child. And she, the woman was, I think, texting on her phone, slammed into the back of the, you know, of the truck and ended up, you know, killing her daughter or something like that. Um, this, this kind of stuff happened. So, yeah, it wasn't the driver's fault, but it's just like, you know, if only it wasn't so hard to pull off and park somewhere or whatever the case you know, regardless of the story, it's a safety issue. But um, with that being said, man, uh, where can where can the people find you? Um, definitely. But before actually, before you give your all your contact info, once again, if you're out there attached to the freight world at all, and you and you and you're on Discord, hit us up. Get in the Lost Freight Discord. Uh, we'd love to have you. But um, other than that, yeah, man, where can the people find you? Follow along with Droplot's journey. Yeah. Uh- Great place to start is our website, droplot.ai. Um, right now, it's just a landing page, but you can you can submit your email address, and then we'll, we'll keep you posted on updates. I'm also on Twitter at LA Rothstein, and uh, I post frequently about what we're doing here. Um, so my, my Twitter feed is kind of a mix of truck drive, uh, of freight, um, tech, and product management. So, you know, I think anyone watching the show might might enjoy it. So we've got a good little community. That's how I got looped in. I met Reed just randomly on Twitter, I think liking and sharing freight brokering memes or something like that. So there's definitely cool people to meet out there. And uh, those are probably the two best, two best uh, avenues to find, to find me or to learn more about Droplot. Awesome, man. No, that's great. Um, really, I really enjoyed having you and look where we, I'm going to have you back on and, you know, you know, six months and we're going to do a follow-up and see where drop lots is at. And we're, we're going to, we're going to chat it. We're going to chop it up about it again. All right. Yeah. It'll be awesome. And hopefully then I'll, I'll be a lot more informed and, and sound like a pro. So yeah. Oh no, you, you already do, man. But no, thanks again for coming, man. And we, like I said, we'll, we'll talk again soon. All right. Awesome. I really appreciate having me on. This is great. Yeah. And thank you all for listening and for watching as always find me everywhere. Follow along at Lombard <clears throat> at Lombard trucking. Sorry. You know, I'm trying to keep it down in this hotel over here. With that, guys, we'll see you on the next one. <laughs> All right.